Happy New Year, everybody. Everybody doing all right? Y'all can do better than that. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Man, thank you guys for the leading in worship. Beautiful stuff today, man. I tell you what, just awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Guys, uh, I see some new faces, which is good to see. Uh, my name is Casey, one of the uh, folks serving alongside you here as uh, pastor, and uh, sometimes you get to hear me uh, speak a few words every once in a while, and um, we actually uh, talked to Pete, and have, hey Pete, are we good? Are you going to be able to speak sometime this month? All right, cool. Ha, ha. I should have asked you before I asked you in front of everybody, but it's kind of like asking somebody to marry you in front of everybody. I was like, oh, I hope he says, doesn't say no, you know. Not that I would ask you to marry me. I'm just saying. Yeah. You would? Okay, all right, cool. Gotcha. Gotcha, man. It's good, <laughs> but, uh, it's good to see everybody this morning, man. <laughs> I know, this is like, hey, that's my husband. Um, so, but again, it's good to see everybody this morning. Uh, man, it's been a great day. Happy New Year, for real. It's uh, God's got some really cool stuff going on, man. I know that there are uh, things that uh, God is doing in all of our lives that I'm really excited about, really, uh, really pumped up to see. And, um, man, it's just one of those deals where we had, a, had an amazing 2017, and what, what is happening so far is turning out like 2018 is just going to be the bomb diggity com, man. It's just like really, really good stuff. Um, we are celebrating our third anniversary here. I can't believe that because I remember it felt like it was forever before we launched this church and then now uh, we're uh, in year three or in year four. We just finished year three and uh, man I tell you what that just blows my mind. It's hard to believe that we've been a church for six years overall and uh, launching uh, launching in uh, Merriam and, and that kind of thing. So it's so great. It's so wonderful. So uh, here's what we want to do. We want to get to know you and get to know your name. So there are two things I'd like you to do if you could. If you could put your uh, name on the roster as it passes by, we want to, we pray over these names. We get to know the names. One of the vision we have, one of the visions we have that God has laid on us is we want to know your name and know that you are known. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. Also, if you're a visitor or if you have prayer requests, you have anything that you're interested in, uh, if you would put, uh, just fill out the, the connect card. We'd like to get to know you. Um, just one of us will give you, a, give you a holler and just say, hey, you know, tell me about Jesus story. Tell me what you like, what's going on. Uh, you're here for a reason, so we're assuming that, uh, we, that you would, you'd like to, to like help with what God is, how, how God can get you plugged in and how God can uh, use you for whatever he's wanting to use you for. Uh, I also would like to thank everybody for this fan. This is awesome. I sweated zero in the, in the last service, and I'm like a bad sweater, but man, it's like, you guys got fans, and it's really hot up here, so thank you. I think, Sherry, did you put that up there for me? I love you, lady. Oh, yeah, I do. So he's like, hey, man, what's wrong with that guy? Is he like sick or something? But, but I do. I sweat when I start talking and things like that, but that really helps a bunch, man. Thank you. Thank you so very much. We also are going to have something uh, new this uh, this year that I think we, we, you know, we do a lot of things for the community. We do a lot of things like as far as events and that kind of thing do, thing goes. Um, we are going to have something where we're going to party and compete with one another in-house. Here, here's what we're going to do. Pete and Lisa have put together a really cool, uh, what we call the Super Chili Bowl. Uh, how many people like chili? How many people like to make chili? Oh, we got, oh, we got competition going on here, right? So here's what we're going to do. You guys know the, what's that? Okay, just give me the trophy now. It's going to be the gnarliest, funkiest trophy you've ever seen, too, man. It's going to be, but you, if you win it, you have to put it on your mantelpiece in a prominent place in your home. Is that cool? I mean, that's just the deal. So you're like, ah, never mind. But here's what, here's what we're going to do. You know, like March Madness grids and the brackets and stuff like that? 
Well, what we wanted to do is have people open up their homes and what we call the open table or to the table. And so if you were willing to open up your home and have a chili cook-off in your house, uh, like seriously, for Super Bowl Sunday, this is the deal. Like, it's going to be like it's gonna be awesome. It's going to be fun, right? And so what we wanted to do is have people bring their chilies and have the best chili at that particular house presented two weeks later for the ultimate chili cook-off celebration national championship whatever you want to do and how many people are nascar fans no wow usually we get a lot more than that man it's like well okay so we're gonna have nascar going on but here's the deal so if you got friends that like nascar two weeks later that's going to be considered a community meal we're going to have here we're going to bring the winning chilies from each of those brackets and we're going to have a certified chef determine which is the winner is that cool so it's going to be a lot of fun on that so man hang with us it's going to be it's going to be a ton of fun and we're going to going to do that so super bowl sunday is going to be the super chili cook-off what i'd love to see actually pete was talking about that this morning love to see people on social media like shouting out like man your chili ain't nothing man look at this chili this chili is man look at all these people they're 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 doing new things and everything they have they've been able to see visions and dream dreams because this chili or whatever but it kind of kind of a neat deal but, um, yeah, I did want to talk, kind of talk about a few things that are going on. So, man, and also, if you haven't, uh, haven't figured this out, if you, didn't get, if you got an email this morning, we are starting a, a corporate, a church-wide fast. We're going to be fasting for 40 days. Some of us maniacs are going to be fasting starting today uh, for 40 days. And what we're doing is that we're looking at, like, how can we prepare our hearts and our minds for what God wants us to do over the next 40 days and this year and for <laughs> until he takes us home. But, but ultimately, we're wanting to do that and starting now. Now, some of you are like, I can't do 40. I don't want to do 40 days. Like, no, I'm not called to that. But you may want to take a day where you fast. And so if you'd like to, go on our website at newcitychurch.com. You can click on what, um, like, you can click on the 40 days of fast. You can sign up for a particular day. And we'll be asking you to pray for a particular thing in our church and as far as what God wants to do in his kingdom. And it's a great way for us to collectively do that. Also, I sent a link to you on email this morning. And if you'd like that, if you'd like that email again, I just put that on your connect card or something that I can send you. A, it's, a, it's a neat article about what it means to fast. And like there were some questions about what it means to fast and how do I fast and what do I fast from and, and those kinds of things. So I'll send that to you as well. So we are... In 2018, it's already the seventh, man. This year's flying by, right? Like, it's crazy. We do this 52 more times or whatever. It's going to be uh, 2019. But we have come to the, come, like, this happens a lot. Like, we'll start uh, the end of the year. We'll eat a lot of junk. And I'm thinking, all right, right after the first of the year, man, right? Like, I'm going to start a whole new me. I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm not going to drink those kinds of things. I'm not going to eat that kind of stuff. I'm not going to spend this kind of money. I'm going to be a gooder person. I'm going to be bigger and badder, faster and stronger. And then about, about mid-January, it starts to wane a little bit, right? Like So these are things. But here's the thing about what this series called Starting Over is all about. A lot of us have regrets, don't we? Like we come to this, this, this whole season of life, no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, you come with regrets and several different kinds of regrets we'll talk about. But some of them are not all that egregious. Some of them are like, man, I cannot believe I did that. That's not even me anymore. And so that's why I'm, I'm like really pumped and really jazzed and really excited about Pete 
giving his message about this, what it means to give these regrets to God, because that dude's got some regrets, right? And guess what? I got some regrets. And guess what? You got regrets. Uh, raise your hands if you have like some serious regrets in your life that have troubled you, that have, and, and if you don't, you lying, and ain't no lying in church, right? So we got to understand that. Like, if there's not some serious regrets that, that are keeping us from living the life and life to the full, guys, all of us are having this issue at some point or another. And so what we're wanting to do is to like learn what that means, learn how to deal with some of those things. I have a, uh, a funny regret, actually, that when I was trying to uh, woo my wife and talk her into marrying me, and after this story, you may realize, man, she might regret marrying you, bro. But when we were sitting there, we were trying, I was trying, to, I took her out to eat, and, you know, when I was uh, in college and everything like that, there were times that I did not know where my next meal was coming from, seriously. And so to, to spend money to take her out, I was like, <laughs> but, but I got to get this girl, man. Like, I'm, like I really want to marry this girl. I, really, I like this girl. She's awesome, and she's pretty, too, man. You guys know her. I'll, I'll kick my coverage for sure. Everybody said amen. <laughs> that hurts. But, but I did that, right? Like, so, so here's, what, here's what I'm sitting there looking at the menu, and, and I'm thinking, okay, and I, I'm be honest. I'm like, I gotta do something cheap, man. You know, because I just, I'm looking at it. And I go, okay, 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 babe. You can order whatever you want, but I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get the wings, right? And so the the waitress comes over and she says, uh, "What would you guys like to eat?" And so Judy ordered what she wanted. I said, "I'd like the uh, the chicken wings," and she and the the waitress said, uh, "Sir, would you like them mild, medium, or hot?" Now uh, the way I interpreted what she was saying, uh, do you want to take that? Uh, that that wuss, what, do you want that wussy style? Do you want that uh, not, not so much of a man, or do you want the manly kind? I'm trying to impress this girl, so I get the atomic manly hot stuff, right? Now, I, I grew up in the south, actually in the George, North Georgia mountains. How about them dogs, by the way? Woo-wee! I'm telling you, man. Like, I, <laughs> hey, I know, I, at least, I know the Chiefs lost yesterday, but at least we got our Georgia Bulldogs, right? That's right, that's right. It's been a while. You thought I'd just start off with that. Now I want to ease everybody into it and remind everybody. Jayhawks did win. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I love our church, boy, I tell you. So I'm sitting there, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm ordering these wings, and I feel like this was like a challenge to my manhood, as if this waitress was going, you can't really handle these. And I was like, just bring me the atomic wings. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. No problem at all, right? And, and so she said, started to say, oh, well, sir, and I was like, you know, I was like, just bring them. And I'm like, all right. She's like, okay. So they bring them out. And, I, and I'm pretty sure when they brought them and put them in front of me, they were shaking just a little bit like, like it was TNT about to explode. If you looked at the batter in the, in the chicken wings, it had those hot seeds in the batter, right? Like that, yeah, it was rough. And I'm like, no problem, right? Like I'm going to impress this girl and everything. So I, I started, and I'm like, Oh, wow. <laughs> and I can't really front like that. I can't be like start crying or anything because I'm trying to impress Judy, right? And so after about the third bite, I realized this was a huge mistake. I regret ordering these, these wings. And so what happens was I start snotting and crying and my lips started swelling. 
Like I was having some kind of crazy reaction. Like I, like I said, I grew up in the North Georgia mountains, man. And uh, like it was, my, my food was mild and greasy growing up. That's why I like it was fried, mild, nothing spicy or anything like that. Like that, that, that's just the way I was. So I wasn't used to any of this stuff. And I was trying to be a man, right? Well, all of a sudden, I was, I was just like shattered. <laughs> I was like, I don't feel good. I started taking a sip of water, and you know, that makes it worse yeah i'm like like somebody didn't tell me that they like oh the waitress i wish you would have like really warned me like sir are you sure about that she's begging me not to but but she let me do it right so it's her fault it can't be mine so after about the third bite i started really regretting this like i'm man i'm about to lose my manhood and my stance with this girl I'm, she's probably not even going to want to date me after what i'm about to do because man i'm just like i i looked at judy i said I don't feel well. <laughs> I, mean, I do not feel well at all. Like I'm, like I'm, like my lips started swelling, and so she hands me. You've ever done this? Don't ever do this. This is a warning for you. She, hand, my lips are on fire and they're swelling, and she hands me some chapstick, which I, you would think would would help, but what it does, it seals all that stuff in there to where it ain't going nowhere. There's no evaporation taking place. As a matter of fact, after the first service, uh, somebody handed me, hey, you might want this, man. I'm like, you jerk, that I'm going to use that. But that's a, so I was like, um, I can't see, and I, my, my, I got snot and everything running out like that. I'm just like, I'm, I, 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 this is not good. You ever seen those one-chip challenges on YouTube? Those are so awesome. I'm like, yeah, I lived that, right? I, this is not even funny. So she drives us home, right? And I've got my head hanging out the window pouring water on my face trying to just get it to stop and i got like like just slobber like one of them dogs you know just like out it was horrible now she married me anyway so i think this is her fault right hallelujah exactly 27 years ago next month believe it or not but you know you look up on uh you you know you can look up online and find funny things about regrets one of them is i love this meme here it says when people tell me you're going to regret that in the morning, I sleep till noon because I'm a problem solver. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Uh, one other one said, I regret some of the things I said last night. I came up with way better insults this morning. Wow. Uh, so this other one here says, uh, regret number one, teaching my ex-girlfriend to shoot. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, couple of other ones that are really more like wise and motivational and, and, and actually biblical. A lot of times people see these things like, man, that's really deep and heavy. But, but the scriptures talk about this kind of stuff all the time. It says no amount of regret can change the past. No amount of anxiety can change the future. Like that a bunch. Funny thing about regrets, you will regret having them. And amen to that. Uh, and the great, late, great Lucille Ball. Um, love her, man. Love watching some of that old stuff. They had that stuff in color here recently. Did you see that? That was kind of cool. It says, I'd rather regret the things I've done than the things I haven't done. See, a lot of us are coming with, uh, with regrets like crazy stuff, like, like stuff that we are ashamed of. And let me just tell you, I'm going to kick this off right off the bat. If you are having regrets in your life, like if, there, if you're coming to the table and this has been a regretful season of your life, or you've had something that happened this past week, or this past month, or this past 
year or decade or the past millennia, whatever it is that's still holding you back from God and still holding you back from truly engaging and submitting and living for God. Guys, that is what the, that's what the enemy Satan wants you to do. Jesus wants you to have life and life to the full. This isn't a, a prosperity gospel message by any means. This is the, we got to recognize that sometimes we're coming to the table with regrets when that's what the enemy wants us to do, and we need to be like giving those regrets to God and letting him have them, man, so that he can use us for his glory and glorify his name. Amen? Man, and I love this. So there are some things like there's regrets, different kinds of regrets that we have that we, uh, we are dealing with. Sometimes they're regrets of action. These are things like lies that we have told, things that we have done that we just can't believe we've done, relationships that we've destroyed, or dumb choices we've made, or rage we've unleashed, or money we've blown, right? Or addictions that we've had, or fallen into, or even back into. Those are regrets of action. Everybody say action. So the second one is a regret of inaction opportunities that we may have missed, things that we were done, like we may have been lazy in a particular area, and only if I had just gotten out of bed, I would have taken full advantage of a particular opportunity. Time that's been wasted, risks that we didn't take that, that could have benefited us in all kinds of ways, love that we left unexpressed, words not spoken, forgiveness, guys, that we've withheld. Those are regrets of inaction. I wish I had spent more time with my kids. I wish I had spent more time or done better things with my life than I did, but I just was doing something else. So it's not always something we've done. Sometimes it's things that we haven't done. And for most of us, when we allow, evaluate regrets, we look at regrets of either action or inaction. But I want to include a third one because this is a big one. Because it has nothing to do with us being at fault for anything. This is a, re, uh, this is a, a regret of reaction. This is a regret sometimes that uh, an accident that I was in. That may, someone that was, may or may not have been my fault. An illness that I, that I got. Some abuse that I took. How neglected that I was perhaps growing up. Some memories that I have that, that, I, that I just can't seem to get over. And I, and I, and I, and I regret them so much. Rejection and neglection and uh, betrayals that I have gone through. And sometimes when bad things happen to us, naturally we regret them. But here's the deal. God can redeem all those things. You listening to me, New City Church? God can redeem them all. I'm going to introduce you to a lady named Jacqueline who has dealt with some serious regret of all of these kinds. And... We're going to listen to this one, and we've got a second one later on. Hi, my name is Jacqueline, and this is my starting over story. My mother migrated from Guatemala uh, to the United States, and I was born in Boston. Uh, when I was two, we moved to Chicago after my parents had separated. My mom was pretty much the entryway to all our family from Guatemala to migrate to, to the United States. So we never had a home where it was just a mom and dad and the kids. It was cousins, aunts, uncles, um, and so on, and neighbors from back home. Because of that, there was a access uh, to a lot of abuse uh, for a child, and 
and physically or emotionally and sexually. I kind of found myself in, in a sexual abuse situation from about four to about 12. At the age of 12, I told my mom, you know, what had happened. I don't believe that she didn't believe me. I don't, I believe that she didn't want to believe me. And so not growing up with my father, I think that's what, what made me gravitate to certain people that were not good for me and that just set me up to have a failed relationship after a failed relationship after another failed relationship because I was always searching for that fatherly love. For me, it wasn't like, why, why did you leave my mother? It was, why didn't you protect me you know, when I was a child? The reason that all kind of came to light is because I had started a relationship with a man and that's where it all came back and I had to tell this man, and I was 12, that, that he wasn't the first one to touch me in, in the way that that was happening. And so this man um, was eight years older than me. Um, And at the time, I decided to start a relationship with this man that was eight years older than me, um, who became the father of my child. I was 16 when I got pregnant. I was 17 when I had him. Three months later, he was after he was born, I left this man when I turned 18. Still dealing with the anger and still dealing with the self-destruction because I was still doing things that I shouldn't have been doing, but I was still very present in parenting. Go to work, uh, come home, be the single mom, put him to bed, and then go out at night. And then come back home before Devon woke up. And so that was kind of like my routine from like Thursday to Sunday. Growing up as a child, we knew about God and we heard about God. I kind of knew, you know, you have the the, the notion that there is a higher being, but there is no relationship, there's no example or anyone really teaching that to me. You know, um, there's this cycle that goes on when we are living in this regret, um, and it really is a, a cycle of regret and then longing. Um, what I mean by that is that we call it the sorry cycle, but it's this, it's this idea <clears throat> that, that I can't believe either something that I've done or I can't get over something that I've uh, dealt with or I'm really regretful of something that happened to me. And then we have this regret and then we have this longing either for the time before those things happened or the time when I wasn't having these regrets or that I'm longing to go, go make them right or apologize, that kind of thing. They, they won't happen, and yet then we start back into the regret. I mean, the regret, and it, it's a vicious, endless cycle. The psychologists uh, call this kind of, a, has a term for this called rumination. And, and what it means is like it has the same idea that like cow chewing gets cut. It just chews and chews and chews. And so, so a lot of times we're in that regret where we're just chewing on it and chewing on it and chewing on it. And sometimes that cud gets bigger and sometimes it stays smaller, but it never actually goes to the point where we can have victory over those regrets and live the life that God wants us to live. Uh, psychologist Melanie Greenberg says that regret 
can have damaging effects on mind and body. And when regret turns into rumination and self-blame, it, it keeps us from fully engaging in life. And I would even say it keeps us full, from fully engaging with God in our life. Let me ask you guys a few questions. And I'll just, we'll get into some of this and some of the scriptures that I love Jesus for what he does. Let me just tell you that no matter what the regrets you have, no matter how recently they are, if they're this morning or just sometime in the life that you've had, that Jesus wants truly to redeem those regrets and help you through that so you can live the way he wants you to live. You do not have to be shackled by these anymore. Amen? I mean, it's awesome. Regrets that we have today of action, of inaction and reaction, that's why I'm excited about this whole idea of starting over. We're going to help, and we're going to go over the next five weeks several things. We're going to learn to, to, like today, to love our regrets, which sounds really weird. Like, that's just part of who we are in a lot of ways. Like, we're not proud of some things that we've done or some things that have happened to us, but it helps us to witness and to be the kind of, like, kingdom-minded person that God has made us to be. We got a lot of me-toos that we can reach out to people and reach them with that other people can't because of our regrets. And we've got to learn to love some of those things like that. We're going to learn how to recognize our regrets. Recognize them. Sometimes we don't even know that they're a regret. But all of a sudden it just pops up and it keeps us that barrier sometimes from living the way God wants us to live and having that intimate, intimate fellowship with Him in a lot of ways. We're going to learn how to give those regrets to God. Like how does that even work? What does it even look like? And we're going to learn to see regret as an opportunity to start over and start fresh without those shackles, man, man, holding us back. Luke 22 talks about this greatly, and I love uh, the scriptures, and I love lead, reading a lot of scriptures, and I love reading scriptures in context. I don't know if we're going to have time to do as much as I usually like today, but, but here's the deal about Luke 22. Um, Jesus, like you got a couple of, couple of folks in this scripture here. You got Peter, who walked with Jesus for three, three plus years, Watch Jesus do all kinds of things. Watch Jesus perform miracles. Watch pe Jesus heal people. Watch Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, really. Like, this guy's got some power, right? And so the night before this incident happens, uh, they're, they're sitting there eating, and, and Peter boldly says to Jesus, I don't care what, essentially, I don't care who does what to me. I'm never going to deny you. And Jesus looks at him and says, bro. You're going to deny me before the rooster crows tomorrow. Now, here's an interesting thing. This is Passover time, Passover meal. And uh, my understanding is, someone actually told me this recently, that roosters were not even allowed in the temple courts. So what happens here is mind-boggling. This had to blow Peter's mind. Like, oh, come on, man. There's not even going to be a rooster within miles of this place. But listen up. And they took Jesus. They seized him led him away, and brought him to the high priest's house. Meanwhile, Peter was following at a what? A distance. Some of us are following Jesus because we don't want to get too close to him because of our regrets. Let's just be honest, man. Like, we're going to follow at a distance. We're going to, yeah, we're going to follow him, and yeah, we're going to look sometimes like Christians, but if we're going to have, we're going to be honest, we're not intimately in fellowship with Jesus because of our regrets and the things that have happened to us, whether it's guilt, because the enemy has been telling us, oh, God would never want to use you. Oh, God doesn't really want to. You look what you're doing. Don't you remember what those people did to you? You're trash, man. That's baloney. 
It's, it is, man. It's garbage. Like, it's a lie. That's a, like, why are we listening to the enemy anyway? Like, we have a whole new coach. Our old coach got fired. Why are we calling him for the playbook? Hey, oh, hey, oh, coach, man, right? Like, that's what this is about. It's about, it's about, it's like, Jesus is our Lord. He is the one telling us what to do. And we're listening to the old coach. And he's sitting there, because you're nothing, you're trash. And Jesus is like, I've got something for you. This is so amazing. Meanwhile, Peter was following at a, at a distance. They, they lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together. And Peter sat among them. These were people that were not with Jesus. When a servant saw him sitting in the firelight and, and looked closely at him, she said, this man was with him too. Now, you know, she looked at him, probably looked at his skin color, looked at his accent, whatever, I don't know. But she said, I, this guy was with the guy that's getting beat right here. Hey, he was with them guys, man. He was with that Jesus that they were all talking about. But he denied it. Remember what he had said boldly the night before? No way, right? But he did. Woman, I don't know him. After a little while, someone else saw him and said, you're one of them too. Man, I am not, Peter said. About an hour later, another kept insisting, this man was certainly with him since he's also a Galilean. Now, in other scriptures, another account says that he even called cursing down from heaven, meaning he ultimately, absolutely, completely denied Jesus ever knowing him. About an hour later, another kept insisting, this man was certainly with him since he's also a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Immediately while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. They locked eyes. Man, can you imagine? Because he knew. Like this guy that you had walked with, that had been your Lord, that you had called the, the Son of God, the, 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 the Messiah, you had called him that. Right? You had walked with him. You were intimate with him. You, were, you, were, you had great fellowship with him. And you denied him, and he saw you, and he heard you, and you locked eyes. Oh, man. Imagine the regret, right? I've never had, I don't know if I've had regret quite like like that. But imagine that, right? And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, so Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. This was a guy, this was a guy consumed with regret. Now here's the deal, right? Here's what I love about Peter's account is that, yeah, that was pretty jacked up what he did. No doubt about it, man. He denied the Son of God in front of everybody, man. It's horrible witness, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, man, he had not done the right things. But, but later on down the line, Jesus is crucified. All the disciples scatter and leave, right? But he rises from the dead. And all those disciples that scattered out of fear, came back and said, we're going to live for him completely. And all of them eventually, except for John, died for what they believed in. Like, this is, this is no, like, I, 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 mean, I get all kinds of rebuttals about Jesus and things like that. Like, well, yeah, you know, like this and that or whatever it is. But, but here's the deal. Like, I don't care about any of that stuff. This guy rose from the dead. I'm going to follow him, right? And Peter did that. 
And they're on the shore, and they're, gone, they're, they're fishing, and they see Jesus, right? They see him on the shore, and somebody says, that's the Lord. And Peter goes, just jump, like, this guy's crazy. He jumps out of the boat, swims the shore toward Jesus, where Jesus has another fire, and he's making fit, grilled fish and things like that, like stuff for breakfast we would never have, right? You're like, what? Man, this is kind of weird. But this is what they were, they were eating. And so there's only two times where there's a fire like this that's mentioned. One time at the temple courts where Peter's denying Jesus, and then on the shore where Peter's about to be restored unto to Jesus. Listen to what happens. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, understand something. There's all kinds of Greek and things like that that you could study on your own, that, that Jesus steps up the love and the language that we don't have in our language and that kind of thing, which we can get all tied up into, but we never want to miss what is happening here and what we need to know, right? Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. This is his people he's talking about, right? Like, I've got, a, I've got a spot for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a calling for you. I've got all kinds of things for you, Peter. Yeah, I know what you did, but you know what? I love you anyway, punk. Right? Feed my lambs, baby. I, I trust you with this. Wow. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. And he asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. He asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Peter denies Jesus three times. He's restored by love for three times. It's amazing. It's amazing. Jesus confirms here, the relationship that he has with Peter. He says, I love you, Peter. I know what you did. I know every, I know the hairs on your head, bro. And he also confirms the purpose that he has for Peter. You guys remember Jacqueline when we first started the, here's a, another video where how she overcame some of her regrets. During that time, um, I met a man who gave me a chance and that was the beginning of a career change, a lifestyle change. I started caring more about my job and my son and my well-being than the partying, the drugs, and the alcohol. My oldest sister, um, her name is Shenny, she goes to work one Wednesday evening and ha suffers a brain aneurysm rupture. And by Friday, she was declared brain dead. And so that was the biggest earthquake of my life. I had lost my best friend. My cheerleader. So that rocked me. And I didn't know how to deal with this but to suppress it, just to ignore it. Eight months later, I have a mental breakdown and I decide I'm done. And so I attempt suicide January Two days later, after I come out, my nephew Steve collapses um, at work. He needed a new kidney, and so when I learned about the living donor, I put my name on the list, 
he needed a second chance at life and I think I needed a second chance at life a purpose and so I think God uses this to give me my second chance I called my mom and I said mom I gotta go to church and so I go to church that Friday and I ask for prayer I was very scared I was terrified and so I asked God into my life and I told him I asked Jesus if you are real if God Jesus and the Holy Spirit is all real then give me this give me him healthy me healthy and then we're gonna walk out of this operation on Monday together I told him I will be yours I will give my life to you I will serve you so you make me useful and And we walked out on Monday. After the surgery and, and seeing that he did come through for me, I said, okay, well, this is serious. <laughs> so I started learning, and I just dug myself into scripture. That started a journey of healing for me. Every day is an opportunity for me to start over. Um, every day I still mess up. Every day I can probably still go back to think about those things. It's not over, mm, but, but I have a choice to start over every day, every morning. Into that. That was a, uh, yeah, 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 clap for that. That's awesome, man. Great stuff. I love, uh, you know, I just love the fact that God does do what he does, and he is bigger than any regret we have. And he, you know, as a church staff, we are looking at uh, the book of Philippians right now. And one of the scriptures that popped out to me in a way I'd never seen it before, uh, but it popped out to me so, so suddenly. It's like you ever, you ever start reading the scriptures like God's just telling you something like you got it. Like being me, I might as well put flashing lights on around this word and that kind of thing. But Philippians 1.6, this is Paul writing to the church at Philippi. He says, I'm sure of this. That he who started a good work in you, and this is the word that got me, will, will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Like that was, that was just powerful. Like, like this is a promise. It's not just a, yep, yep, who started a good work for me is going to, but he will. Like, like you ain't got no choice in the matter, right? Like he's going to do this. And sometimes he's going to like put you through the cauldron so until you, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 just submit to him, man. He's going to finish it one way or another in the work that he started in you. Next week, guys, we're going to learn to recognize these regrets. In a couple of weeks, we're going to learn to release these regrets. In three weeks, we're going to learn to redeem your regrets. And I can't wait to hear the message from Grandmaster Pete down in the healing room. And we're going to learn when we finish up this series how to deal with this mess. Like, we're going to put all that together and say, how do we move forward as, a, as an individual under the authority of Jesus, as a church body under the authority of Jesus, calling Jesus Lord, calling Jesus Savior, reaching the people that he has called us to reach and bringing them in full of regrets, and I'd help them deal with it as well. Amen. Regret might be relational, it might be health, financial, purpose, calling, 
spiritual, whatever it is. Might be something that occurs naturally to you. I don't know what it is. But I know that I got a lot more regrets that are a lot more hurtful and painful than chicken wings. Right? Those hurt. (laughs) Some of the regrets I got, guys. I got them too. Wish I'd never done. I wish that had never happened. I wish whatever. But do not let the enemy speak in your ear that you're no longer useful because of your regrets. Here's what I want us to do. I'm going to pray us out. I'm going to have the ushers come forward here in a minute. But I want you to write on your connect card. Take it with you. Right? Take it, take it with you. And I want you to write the regret that is holding you back from a true intimate relationship with the Lord. Whatever it is. Could be one word, could be a paragraph, whatever that is. Write that on there. Take it with you. Put it on your dashboard of your car. Put it on your mirror when you see it. Not so you can focus on the regret, but you can be a reminder that this is something that Jesus can overcome. Because he rose from the dead, right? (laughs) I think he's bigger than any regret I could have. Is that cool? Amen. Father, we love you. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do with all our regrets. Man, may we learn to, to, and I know it sounds weird, but we learn to love these regrets. May we learn to take them as part of how you've made us and be able to reach people that other people can't reach because of our regrets, because of the things that we've done, because of things that have happened to us, because of times when we've been lazy and didn't take full advantage of an opportunity. Whatever the regret is, God, may we take them, may you take them. May may we be able to give those to you and live the life you've called us to live for the reason you've called us to live, your life, for your glory, for your honor, for your kingdom. In your son's precious and holy name we pray. Everybody in the house said.